We're interrupting this program in order to begin our regularly scheduled broadcast. Thanks for watching the Lit TV Network. What up, what up, what up, boy? What up? This is your main man, Sean Davis, a.k.a. S-Dot. We got another podcast for you, Seth's Over the Surface. As, as we've done in recent history, we're willing to bring you our content anyway, anyhow, from the most interesting, interesting people we can find. And we've been fortunate to continue to do so. And I'm alongside with my main man. It's your boy, Larry Rencher, a.k.a. King Rencher. And I want to welcome our special guest, um, this is actually in a, a part two from uh, these are the other co-owners of 5050 Comics. I got Lanisha Hamilton and I got my man over here, Brandon Bell. How y'all doing tonight? Good. How are you? Blessed, brother. Very blessed. Good, man. I, I, I'm glad y'all um, y'all had the opportunity to come on here tonight. You know, give us y'all time and everything. Appreciate uh, you, bro. Appreciate that. Um, we, we had, um, that first episode we did with Leon and Mr. Hall, man, we, it, it, it really turned into an extended conversation afterwards. And, um, I, I wish we would have recorded it, but, you know, we wanted to give, um, we wanted to give you guys another opportunity, you know, to, to tell us about, uh, your contributions to the, to the company and um your your just journeys as creators so uh you know that's why we were excited to do this part two tonight so um let's start with um let's start with mr miss lanisha i heard a lot about you i i heard you the you the you the part that brings everything together yeah you the heart of the operation well, you know, boys and their toys, right? So they get in their little sandbox <laughs> and they just want to play and draw and write and do all the creative things. But when it comes to the business side, you know, somebody got to hold it together. So I just kind of bring the the cohesiveness to make that sure that we keep moving forward. You know, we keep making sure that we meet our goals. Uh, we finding new talents on a daily basis. Uh, we do a little bit of outreach in the process and reaching our own communities. And uh, you know, paying it forward. Okay, and and you guys are based in Cleveland right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a team of nine or ten of us now, and we're all over the U.S. Uh, we have uh, one actually in Ecuador, mm-hmm. and then we also wow. have um, Jess who just left, but she was in Canada. So okay, but and yeah, then- we're the home. We're the home. <laughs> So we're the Cleveland natives. Okay. Hey, listen, I, I'm all about the two one six. Um, you know, I, I seen I seen how Brandon got a lot of the he put some Cleveland into that uh first issue of light coats and everything. The Cleveland, what's that, the Cleveland Science Center? Yeah, got yeah. <laughs> yeah, gotta represent for the city. You feel me? Um uh being a part of 5050 uh has been a blessing you feel me um boss lady uh lanisha um mama bear uh she you know like she says she helped us keep all of our crazy imaginations in a, in a good uh cohesive lucrative order so therefore we also create and i have opportunity to earn income and it's been like a dream come true 
uh being with the company and so like uh even then with that i was writing the lycos comic before i met them but it wasn't called lycos it was just called the metal wolf lycos came from alicia she got she found a name and so um i was actually um looking for uh somebody to do some cover art for me for me and my team's records and my manager at the time introduced me to lee and then me and lee talked for like two three hours of about everything and then we got on a conversation about comic books and told them i was writing one then you know one thing led to another we was able to merge our brains and ideas of what they already had going and then i became a part of the this this awesome team okay and again i just want to chime in here on a minute uh as we often do on our subs of service podcast um me and larry come from a case manager background type world um and we try to make sure all uh, our topics interlock with what, um, in our experience, we've dealt with uh, many, many uh, teenagers and young children um, of our particular demographic who, um, to not discredit what you guys do, would need such a distraction or they have the ability to draw or write or tell a story and they don't know how to get it out. And as we discussed in our last episode, um, that uh, to a detriment in our culture, in our society maybe, is that we have laid the ground to say that that's not a profitable angle or um that's not something you you could you could bet on and i think when we see individuals like you guys and as well as the other owners of, of 50 50 comics we we have a connection to, to show them that you can you know you can you can do this you can find it. that's your passion that's what you love and you can do that and you have enough people positive positively pushing around you you'd be surprised who you'll meet and be able to interlock and, and, and do that together with you so again we, we really appreciate you guys being being here and, and being our guest um i i just I, I can't say this enough in this particular episode that this is this is an advocation for artists um yeah. we want to make sure that message gets out there and we thought uh so right it, 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 artists yeah no doubt podcasters and that's what and that's what we're hoping to uh to to build and uh, also show an example of um our company you know uh the entire team uh we are you know just independent creators that came together to create something man uh, we're looking to build upon that so for future creators of the youth uh they have um you know um a, a place where they may be able to have their ideas uh expanding upon and have opportunities that necessarily they didn't have before especially in the african-american african-american community when it comes down to literary art um we need to have more avenues uh for uh you know outside of just athletics for uh for for right. the for the youth and the kids that, that want to use their minds and use their imaginations yeah, uh to create and that could bring entertainment bring joy to others you know we want to be able to you know what I'm saying cultivate that as well yeah it's um it just reminded me i was introduced we all know what stem is but i was just introduced to steam so it's science yeah. technology education arts and then mathematics so i thought that was cool you know we, you know you guys are exactly right we gotta you know we gotta show more love and support for the arts and just have you know different um avenues for the for our creators to to aspire to you know and to not let them um because you know i i think we touched on this last episode or during that app you know that extended conversation about how you know the way the school our education system is set up you know it kind of like 
um, you know, your, your creatives kind of suffer a little bit, you know, because there's not a lot of, you know, like you said, we don't we don't support the arts the way we should. So, man, this uh, this what you guys going, man, I with, with the, the projects you got going on, man, I, I really support them, man. And, um, you know, I can't speak highly enough of it. So appreciate that. So I'm, I'm curious, Nisha, just coming from me from a female's point of view, which I, I thought was really, really interesting uh, and could be compelling as well. Um, how you got started in this how and how that momentum led you to meet these other gentlemen to be a co-owner. And, I mean, and honestly, I was I'm on the other spectrum. Like I was the one I wrote my way out. Like so I did poetry in high school. I did theater club. I was the builder, the behind the scenes type person. And then as I got older and in my 20s, I started, we did cosplay. And when I met Lee, we were in college together. We were at Tri-C together. So like we would sit in the lunchroom just playing Yu-Gi-Oh all day. So that like, that always stemmed like building a new world and stuff, but I can never get him into Dungeons and Dragons. And now he's a 40 year old man in the Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so yep, I'm calling him out on it. But, I mean, it's all good because it keeps that creative juices going. Cause you know, if you know anything about Dungeons and Dragons and Sims and um, most of these metaverses and everything that's going on, you're building it. Like you're constantly evolving the story. So it's not just starting with one straight line here's a plot, here's where it gets thick, and then it's over. No, there can be like 50 million changes coming in at one, like at every given time. And that's life, that's literally life. Like you start off with a plan of, all right, I'm gonna go through high school, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get my degree, I'm gonna get married, whatever the case may be. And it may throw you a kid. It may throw you a death in the family, you know, so you got to roll with those punches. And how do you keep rolling with those punches if you can't figure out a way to like literally and physically and then metaphorically write your way out of it? Mm. So to a novice, you would say in all actuality, you're, art, you're, you're being the architect of your life. Yep. That, that's that I think I, I totally got that when you were trying to say that. I, that, that totally makes absolute sense. And I can see how that would roll over into like when you say this metaverse or um uh even with the gamers um bringing those positive things in with the game with the it, you know I, I think it does highlight solving uh problem solving abilities mm -hmm. that they don't probably really latch onto it they don't have the maturity to understand that's what they're doing and it'll roll in a little bit later but i, I totally get what you're saying there with uh, the building of your own you, you know your own universe is actually be the architect of mm -hmm. your life and despite that you'll have to build around over through and under certain, certain obstacles. So I, I love that analogy. Thank you for that. So, uh, Brandon, you, you met, you just mentioned a little bit earlier, you said you was, you was already working on the Lycos comic before you, uh, joined up with 5050. Yeah. Um, uh, prior to being with 5050 and even currently I, you know, I'm a creative writer. Um, I currently uh, write on uh, my streaming series, The Connected, which will be on Tubi soon, but right now it's on YouTube. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, you know, I write films, and um, and during the process of writing uh, The Connected, I was, I was um, I think I was like, yeah, starting to write the second season, and I just kind of, um, just ran into a writer's writ. So I was just like, I want to write something different, um, you know, something completely different from, and because the connected is like a reality-based gangster, you know, uh, crime saga. So I wanted to write something totally different. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying outside of that realm, really uh, 
challenge myself as a writer, but even at the same time, kind of tapped into my my childhood, my youth, and yeah. you know my yeah. imagination. You know, and then uh, I'm you know I'm a I'm a big fan of comic books. So um, I was like, yo, this might be something different to write. It's not a, you know, I'm not gonna be writing a film. And I was like, you know, write a, you know, saying write a, write a graphic novel, write a, you know, like a comic or something. And so it came from that. And so I, I started pinning it, writing it. And then, uh, you know, I wrote like maybe like a half an issue. And, uh, and then that's when I linked up with Lee. And at first I didn't even think it was even, like I was just writing it for fun. I wasn't yeah. writing it. Yeah. I was writing for therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't right, writing. Right. You know what I'm saying? To, to think that I will actually be a comic book writer, a uh, part yeah. of a comedy or something. But, um, you know, fortunately, um, you know, it was it, thanks to, you know, my, my former manager uh, linked, linked me up with Lee, linked me up with Anisha, and it's been, you know, just a beautiful ride. And they're such great people. And they, and they, and, you know, they, they run this operation from the ground up for what they built. They work hard. And, uh, and I got, and I run through a wall for Anisha. I run through a wall for Lee. You feel yeah. me? Uh, yeah. And I backed them up 100%. So if it wasn't for them, my dreams won't become a true in this regard. So I'm, I'm always appreciative and humble by that. Okay. And, and Brandon, I, did I hear you say prior to uh, our previous question that you were at a label? Is that correct? Did I miss that? Oh, no, 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 no. I was uh, I, like, I was writing, the, uh, I was working on my, my, I was writing a web series at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, I'm, and I, I got this question. So you as a writer, I'm curious. Um, is it difficult not to want to direct if you write or is it easier for you to be you compartmentalized you know saying okay i'm just writing this but i i imagine you want to see those words come to life in a particular type of way just like you would maybe a comic book or an illustration or so on and so forth so i was curious about it. i think writing i think is a an amazing talent uh that i i totally lack <laughs> but, but, uh, I like the drawing skills so you know what i'm saying this but um but like for real like it's it's about trust and um and i and i have a really really awesome team really awesome illustrators so um and as a writer uh what my job is to do is to to make their job easier as far as the illustrators so when i'm writing i'm trying to write in as much detail and try to write in an exciting and at the same time literary fashion that's cohesive to what they need to do uh, in order to draw. So once I once I'm done writing, I I, I don't I don't step in. You know I, I trust them. I know what they know what they're doing. They're like I don't have like they 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 send me the stuff and I just love it. You know what I'm saying? And really like for real like they do they 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 do a great job of taking what I write and even expanding on it on what you see visually. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. and 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 I don't that. I don't question nothing. Like I don't, I don't have not one iota of worry. Um, even with the like old ashes of the Congo, uh, the um, the way we wanted to do the illustrations and that was different. The the art value um, different from other comics, and I love that. Um, and yeah. always, uh, I always enjoy the fact that our illustrators here at, at Fifty Fifty, we're always trying to challenge. Uh, you know, as far as like the art that the, the quote unquote cliche art that is supposed to be a part of comic books and what we do is we you know we have a really good organic um you know very transparent uh communication line and so that helps us it helps everybody you know really feel comfortable about the products that we're producing that's all that's what's up okay uh Lanisha, is has it been hard trying to handle like the business aspects and try to be a creator at the same time Yes, <laughs> because 
it's stressful, you know, like nobody mm -hmm. wants to deal with the business parts of it. It's kind of like being the president. You just want to be the president. You're like, yay, that's, you know, yeah. that's your name. That's your title. You don't want to do all the actual ins and outs, all the paperwork, all the logistics of it. Yeah. So doing that, I take their minds and let them be free to do that. And I literally like harness all of that, you know, on myself. So, and then, you know, but I got a really good partner team, like Lee and Leon to check in with me. They make yeah. sure they be like, what do you need? Tell me what you need, like right now. I'm like, I'm, I need the story to get done. I need you to meet this deadline. Like I need yeah. this stuff to get out. So I think honestly, without the communication and then without, if we didn't have a really tight, like sibling style structure where we were all family, it would be almost absolutely impossible to do this. Yeah, because I, I only imagine how that, you know, um, how that, you know, does it hurt the, does the stress of the, all that other stuff hurt the creative process? It does, because I'm the one that has to think about, are we keeping this artist? I'm the one that has to think about, uh, should we bring this artist on? I'm the one that thinks yeah. about, okay, do they meet our criteria? Would they be able to make it through our market and meet our demographic? Do we know what our demographic is? You know, so I'm thinking about all of those things. How can we take our platform to a different level? How can we you right. know, make sure that we are not only still doing that, but then staying humble at the same time? So like uh, the good thing like that we didn't talk about too much was that me and Brandon both had the chance last year to work with different outreach youth groups here in Cleveland mm. and give back on the 50-50 side. Uh, he worked with the creative writing space at Lake Erie Inc in Cleveland, which is known for teaching kids between that uh, fourth and fifth grade all the way up to eighth grade, that creative writing and comic book or graphic novel type style. And then I also got to work with like a local theater group on how to cohesively write and then think about your creative space when you're mm -hmm. thinking about filming and doing those things with your writings. So those are different things that we always want to keep on the forefront is that we're doing this for our kids. Right. I have right. a 14-year-old that loves to draw. You know, Lee has a 14-year-old that loves to draw and write and create. So we like to do that, you know, we like to do that space where any age range can always do it and that they're the ones telling the story. Right. You know, um, one of the missions of this podcast, we want to be able to have solution-based dialogue. And um, I know the theme, one of the themes of this episode was to support the arts. So um, I'm not going to assume everybody knows what that means. So if y'all can give any examples of what can just everyday people do to just support the arts as much as they can. I mean, honestly, just go to the actual theater. Don't mm -hmm. download it. Don't, <laughs> you know, don't take the easy way out. Go and pay for the daggone movie because if, even if you find a small theater that just does film, like independent films, or even if you're on a larger scale and you're going to see The Rock, you're paying for that artistry, you know? So go to the theater, go to the museum, expose your kids to those cultures, learn about your history of art, learn about where it came from, learn about the history of music, you know, yeah. like, it's not just drawing and writing, but it's how they got there. Some of them got there through music. Some of them got there yeah. through, you know, like uh, sports, but learning those things that allow them to process it and explore it, just keep teaching it and yeah. don't take it out of the schools. You know? And, one of the, and that was one of the ways I was, I was talking about it last week with the other guys was I feel like the advocation probably will become, be most powerful coming from 
parents um in 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 these in, in these meetings with teachers right you know what i'm saying when you're advocating for like what's going on i'm, I'm sorry you, oh man um advocate for what's going on and uh where's the funding going why can't why why are we not funding this why are we not helping the children to be more creative and understanding of what's going on why why are we not delving into taking a deeper dive into art yeah. and um i hear what you're saying about you know what I'm saying going to move theater but i also thought about like um i suggested to my son like if he was going to go on a date go to a museum i like you can you yep. you 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 the one of the things I think is amazing about art is two people can look at the exact same thing and see two different things. Mm -hmm. um, and that can start a dialogue, a solution. You know, like, you you know, you get it because once you're once you're willing to open your eyes up and your ears to a different perspective, I think it broadens the world. It gives you more of an understanding. It gives you more, an, more of an appreciation of, of, of art, of artry, of, yeah. of, of art, like what you guys do. So, um, and you kind of answered the question for my next question was going to be, how does that outreach look when you're, um, when you, when you are participating in that with the kids? Um, is it like a classroom setting? Um, is it, uh, uh, is it outside, inside? I know you're in Cleveland, so I can imagine the weather can be a little thicker sometimes. So, um, I, I'm, I'm curious, could you give us maybe a, a small picture, a picture of that from both of you, um, on what you're, when you're dealing with outreach with the kids, what that looks like? Yeah, I'll let um, Yeah, um, yeah, I'll chime in and with, with even with both. And I think there's a sector uh, that's not being uh, tapped into that needs to tap in to uh, to the art field, and that's local businesses and community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, because here's the thing: you can't make art, and this is just the bottom line. You can't make art. You can't make film without some type of budget, without some type of funding. You know what I'm saying? And so forth. I think a lot of people they are not. You know these these businesses they take money out the communities they in the communities true you know what i'm saying you got these local businesses they in the communities but what are they actually giving back to the local community outside of that outside of that corner store you know what i'm saying outside of that that, that diner you feel me um yeah. and you got these artists and you got these creators out here they don't need a million dollars budget to make something really awesome they are like they you know you got people out here that's doing it for free that's making awesome art all they like, but if, just imagine if they had a budget of an additional five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, where they could, you know, pay a stipend to the staff, or they could pay their editor, you know, or they could even just supply food for their for the people that they're working with. For artists, they have not they have means to where you know they could do their art, you know, if it's not full time, at least part time, and still earn some type of income where they could take care of their family and they don't have to put their dreams to the side because they have to work two or three jobs in order to you know maintain and then and the sleepy nights where they you know sleepy they got to work six months for you know to make a project to put out to the people that might not even be received because they don't have the money to promote it mm. wow you, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah <laughs> actually i do because I, I hear what you're saying because i feel like the argument could be made if you had an artist to do and i i guess it's me getting older right i love murals <laughs> i can't get enough of murals but i know it takes a certain type of artistic talent to take it to make a concrete raw into tapestry right you know what i mean so when i'm thinking about that though but i also think about the, when the mirror is complete, right? Does it not raise the property value? Does it not make that building look better? Does it not make the neighborhood more appealing? So when I hear you say that, I agree with you completely. And uh, I, I, I do as so best I can not be an artist. Do understand you coming from with that. So that like, I totally get that. That's literally where the crux is. And those people, they don't want us to bring that up. The local governments, the local systems, you know, the police department, the fire department, 
all of these local systems, they quick to, you know, lock up youth and do things of this nature when the youth is not, you know what I'm saying, when they're not applying themselves, you know, in certain ways. But outside, when they step outside of the school, if they're not in some type of, you know, recreational center, what, you know what I'm saying, what else do they got to do? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's Absolutely. not everybody's not able to do the recreational center. Some kids are just individual creators. Some youth are just individual creators. And so what do you say to them? You know what I mean? Some of them might not have money to go to film school, but if you put them with a camera, you put them with a green screen, a computer, and a, and a keyboard, they could they could literally, they could, they could make their own ticket and they supply their own way. And the only way that's going to happen because I see it. These cities, they invest a million dollars in the football stadiums. They invest a million dollars into basketball yeah. stadiums. They yeah. spend millions yeah. of dollars on, on, on signs. And we got a free sign downtown. That probably costs a couple of grand. You feel me? Don't don't we we don't think we you know we got politicians that give themselves raises every year. We don't yeah. think that some of this money, you got people, you know, you got these car dealerships making millions of dollars every year. You don't think some of these people can't take a couple hundred dollars, it ain't even that much. It's a couple hundred dollars and invest in, in, invest in some of these independent filmmakers, invest in some of these independent artists. So they actually have means to cre continue to create their work and continue to build. And I think that's a lot of, you know, people, you know, we miss it. It's just not, you know, doing some, um, doing uh, doing uh, crowdsource funding and you're expecting your social media friends to, to, you know what I'm saying, to provide you bread. You know, you got businesses, they, they invest money in the frivolous things all the time. So we need to start reaching out to these, to these uh, business leaders and these uh and these uh community leaders and, and uh these local governments and actually I, have, I, I agree really, completely i agree and, completely and and really enforce them to really take a look because this is a field that really people actually could bring positivity and that's art and people are missing out on that you know what i mean so and i don't work with the youth volunteer bases in several occasions um no pay and and the thing is when you know we, even when we go i had a youth organization and I was working with Hope One Charter Academy and teaching them uh, media arts. And the thing is, you still need supplies and things to provide to these kids. And those supplies is coming out of my pocket. But I'm also a father with three kids, a household and a wife. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, and I got to have time for them. I got to have time for my art. I'm not selling drugs. So what do you all expect me to do? So, therefore, there has to be some type of investment made. Some, And I'm, there's millions of dollars of some type of investment made with these local uh, with these local leaders and these local governments where there is some type of supplemental funding for art, period. <laughs> you said my soul, brother. <laughs> no, you good. And you gotta you apologize. Good. I said it on I said it on other shows. We are currently in a society where you can get a tax write off for a plane and not school supplies. You feel me? Yeah. There's something wrong yeah. with that. There's they something get, wrong with that. Cops they getting uh uh military grade weapons, yeah. but they don't tell us they ain't got no money, so kids can't get no right, weapons. right. Stop so me. like it's it, it, it mm -hmm. but it, I, but like you said though, I, I think that's the part when me and Larry kind of come in, where we want to be able to start holding people to the fire and say, and you know, like in these exact conversations, right. So um, uh, but I mean we getting we getting strapped for time. Um, if y'all can give the website to where they can go buy merchandise and comics. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, a if you want a cool shirt like mine, just log on uh, www fifty fifty comics. That's the number fifty, the word fifty comics c o m i x dot com. Alrighty. Go to Amazon. Check out Ashes of the Congo. Lycos is on Amazon right now. You can get the electronic digital version or the hard copy, like my man got. You feel me? An excellent, excellent read, action packed, heartfelt story. 
you know what I mean? Heroic stuff going on. It's beautiful. Made by 5050 Comics. All right. And we of course, we're going to have to go ahead and sign off. Uh, this is your boy S. Man. As always, I think kindness is a superpower that we all possess. And with kindness, we have to be able to change someone's day, week, month, year, and yes, even their life. So if you have something to say, please do so, man. And, and as always, trust the process and everything else will fall in place. We out. Bye.